All right. Well, welcome to the uh, DFL before DNF podcast. I um, am sitting in my car because I'm trying to get some miles in today. And I teach a class at the University of Utah on Thursday nights. And I'm just in between. I'm in between the two. uh, And what an awesome thing to do in between the two of these things uh, to talk to Andrew Glaze. So, Andrew, thanks for joining me today. I'm, I'm just a fan on so many levels. And I know that you're a you're a busy guy. You're a busy runner family man you've got a day job still somehow so thanks for making some time to hang with me of course of course i love to uh talk about running (laughs) yeah yeah i mean are you you do still have a day job you're still a first responder right i am yes i'm a fire captain paramedic what what where are you living uh i live in southern california uh in a city called redlands and i work in a city called laverne which is in la county I mean, is, is there a, are you going to go professional and running, you know, like, are you going to ever, are you going to always be able to juggle these two things? Yeah, I think, I think I'll be able to juggle the two things. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, one, one of the uh, things that attracted me to the fire service besides just uh, being able to help people, which was like the number one reason I switched job or like professions was the ability to continue to work out while at work. Mm. So, Ah, you know, I mean, the advantage of, you know, being a firefighter is is you're at the station on call 24 seven, but you also have to eat, sleep, drink, you know, uh, shower, shit, all the things. And with, with all those things also working out. So, um, you know, when you're picking careers and you want to pick something that, you know, is great, like it it is an advantage. And I, I always acknowledge the fact that, you know, I do have an advantage in, you know, all, all things running because I'm paid to run. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good perspective. If you're on a run and you're, you know, on a shift or you just have to say within a certain proximity, is there, what are the rules there? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's no rules, but Essentially, I mean, the un- unwritten rule, and we don't want it to be written down because, you know, we try not to have things written down because then it's very rigid, but just, you know, <laughs> yeah. want to, yeah. you want to stay close enough to the station. So if the call goes out, you can get back to the station within like, you know, 30 or 40 seconds. So, you oh, know, I'll be, okay. like, I'll be like running around. Uh, we call them fire station loops and, you mm-hmm. know, just doing little loops around the station, which are very monotonous and boring and terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I have a radio um, and the call will come out through the radio. It'll say my, you know, my station identifier and what you got. And yeah. literally from a casual jog, it turns into like a, you know, very aggressive sprint back yeah. to the state and, you know, put my gear on real quick and we're out the door. Huh. So Man, um, on any, on any given week, how many miles would be like those fire station miles? I mean, it, it really like I, I still try to get like 15 miles a day at work. Um, okay. If I have some like super like big goal, I might try to get more, but um, it's not really. Uh, it's more just for getting the miles more than like enjoyment. Like I enjoy running, but I don't really enjoy running at work. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. the, I mean, I have to run in like a uniform, which is like these like really uncomfortable basketball shorts and a cotton t-shirt and I have to oh. you know, carry like a two pound radio 
and you know, all these things. And I can't disengage. Like when I run, like, like I disengage with like reality, right? Like you're out there yeah. just like enjoying the moment yeah. and I can't check out while I'm running around the station because I always mm. have to be ready to get that call. Wow. And then also like I work in a like busy downtown area. I have like a college across the street and then like okay. a little downtown strip with like restaurants and bars and stuff like that. So there's a lot of traffic. So, you know, I'm dodging <laughs> oh, cars and, yeah. and things like that as well. So it's like, it's, it's not super enjoyable, but it's, you know, it's still miles. It's still me getting out yeah. there and getting my heart rate yeah. up and everything. So, um, and, and if I do have like a really stressful call or like, you know, something's not really going great at work, which like any job, you know, it's not sure. always uh, rainbows and unicorns. So right. like, you know, going out and running can decompress me a little bit when it comes mm. to like the stress of the job. Yeah. That is a nice aspect where you, you talk about picking a career that lends itself to that, you know, a lot of times maybe people can do it on their lunch break, but not 15 miles. So that is a, that is right. nice to, to have that, that time and space to decompress. And when I say 15 miles, it's not like, it's like run a mile and a half, run a 911 call, <laughs> run a half a mile, run a 911 yeah. call, run three yeah. miles, run a 911 call. So it's that not is um, crazy. And I can only run like early in the morning and like late at night or like not late at night, but like dinner time and, and later, like yeah. we still have, um, even though we're 24 seven, like we still have working hours from, you know, like eight to five where we're like supposed to be like doing fires, fire related stuff. Um, mm, okay. But, but when it's like nighttime and whatnot, that's, that becomes more, more of our time and, you know, okay. Yeah. Have you so. pulled anyone in your crew into your world? Has anyone gotten excited? I see you've done like a challenge with other yeah. fire firefighters to run a hundred miles in a month, but have you dragged anyone into your level? Uh, not at my department. Um, I have a couple of yeah. guys that are doing the, the LA marathon next month uh, at my department. Oh, cool. And I mean, indirectly, like I've run a lot of ultras where I've run into firefighters that started running ultras because of me. Like I, yeah, I've done cold water rumble. I ran with one of the guys from um, Goodyear Fire, cold cold waters in Goodyear, Arizona. And okay, yeah. um, I was just doing Rocky Raccoon. I ran with a bunch of yep. in Texas. I ran with yep. some guys that were um, from the Houston area, and then also the Dallas area that that follow me and stuff. So I think I think there's a fair amount of fire ultra runners, and I, I'm not going to take like 100 <laughs> percent credit because you know David Goggins yeah. is you know pushing people to run ultras as well. Sure. And, yeah. you know, I guess he's decided that he's going to be a firefighter now too. Although, you know, slightly different what he's <laughs> doing. That. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, he does like the, um, like wildland. Yeah. Yes. I can see Canada that. or something like that. So it's, you know, I'm in a city and, you know, I'm paramedic and, and, and things like that. But yeah, so I, I'm sure like, you know, anything Goggins does, he's going to pull people too. And then, Sure. You know, regardless of how you feel about him, he's not as prevalent on social media. And since I'm like, you know, posting every day and everything, it's probably easier to yeah. follow me, you know, yeah. his one, one post a month or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like Goggins. I, one of the things I like about him is that he, he pulls so many people into intentionality in their life. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that massive respect. And, uh, yeah. and it sounds like you're, you're doing that too with, within the world where you have influence and, 
you know, what, right. what better sport to pull somebody into. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's my daily reminder to do hard things and all the things I do. It's like, yeah. it's, it's just that mental training that we do. And it doesn't have to be about ultra running. It can be about half marathons or it can be about bike riding or yeah anything, but just, you know, training that brain to um, yes. do the things we don't want to do so that when something really comes up, that's hard. Um, we know how to handle it. You know, yeah. there's, if it's, uh, I try to teach my kids all the time, like life is very hard. Life is uh, just a series of very complex problems and um, we're just always trying to figure them out. And yeah. when it gets hard, we feel uh, overwhelmed or like we don't know how to deal with it. And then mm. we give up and, um, you know, that's, that's what leads to failure in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I, I know I'm ripping somebody off with this. I just don't know who, but, but the idea of, we, we go through voluntary suffering so that when we face real suffering, uh, we have at least some tools for it that we might not have had otherwise. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I, for me in the fire service, like, you know, we obviously, we run a lot of 911 calls that are just medical aids. And then we have, so we'll go like, you know, all these medical aids, which are, you know, they can be very uh, mundane. And then you have like, you know, a ripping fire, which is very stressful and dangerous. Mm. Yeah. And um, you, you got to be able to, to like handle it. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't just like, you know, because it's complex or difficult, like give up. So yeah, part of my, part of my training is to get through ultras. And then part of my training is to, you know, to get through the stressful situations uh, at my job. And then, yeah, it you know, seems, also, it seems like they both like, become better as a result of the other. Yeah. And then, you know, just in general, life is stressful, you know, having yeah. three kids, like yeah. trying to raise kids in this world right now is, uh, <laughs> it's pretty challenging. Yeah. Um, you know, and what are and their ages? Just, so my, um, so they're like literally in a, in a week or so, they're going to be 13, 12 and nine. I have two that have birthdays in okay. like a week. So nice. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, uh, Wait, is getting, one of them becoming a teenager this week? Yeah. Next week? Yeah. So, Whoa. But I mean, they all act like teenagers anyway. Sure. So, but that's quite a blast like, thing. Yeah. Kids have progressed a little bit, uh, quicker than maybe I yeah. did when I was a kid, you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I wanted to learn something as a kid, uh, my wife always makes fun of me, but I'm like, I literally had an encyclopedia set. I did was too. At my, that was at my Mechanical. grandparents' house. Yep. And I read the entire thing. Like yep. every, that was the only way to get knowledge, yes. you know, that or the, or the library, but like, you know, it wasn't super easy to go to the library. And it's crazy uh, to think how, how pervasive those, uh, like Encyclopedia Britannica, or I had world books, like these white world ones. Books too, yeah. My grandparents had the world books too. Yeah. yeah. And we totally, I remember looking at my, I would always look at, I was terrified as snakes as a kid. So I'd always go to look up snakes. And there was this picture of an anaconda in the back of the world book. And I just remember, right. God, what a different way to learn things than, than our kids are now. And now our kids can watch a like full video on Anaconda. <laughs> right. Some guys yeah. down in wherever like wrestling one or something. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's insane the amount of knowledge that they have yeah. access to and like are taking advantage of. Like, uh, it, it, it really blows my mind, you know, so where we had to really seek it out. It's just punching them in the face at all times. And, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Cause I don't know if their brains are developed enough to be able to take it all in, but uh, they're, you know, 
they're getting it regardless. So it's just a, a totally different world with uh, yeah. what they have and what we had access to. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. a very, it's an interesting world to raise kids in, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's my point. Yeah. And then, you know, it's stressful and, you know, it's just another, another thing that mentally training yourself helps you, uh, mm. be able to like navigate. Um, yeah. but I don't know that, that type of stuff. Sometimes there's, there's no real answer. It's just, it's just challenging. Yeah. I, I heard that one of the great antidotes to the crazy world our kids are growing up in is, is, uh, you know, family dinner. It's like just being more connected, like as we're more connected through our phones that, you know, being connected and like in, in face to face, eyeball to eyeball in person is supposed to, you know, it sounds so easy and intuitive. Yeah. It's harder which said is, than done. Which is challenging <laughs> too, because uh, when kids have extracurricular activities, oh my gosh, they're that all like during <laughs> dinner time, right? So it's like yeah. you're during dinner time, you're driving from point A to point B, like dropping one yes. off, picking the other one up, dropping yeah. the other one off. Like we're so. just entering into that with our three. We've got a ten year old a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. So we're just entering into this chaos of, of, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe the, the, we have five minutes to get from one side of town, to the other and all that. Exactly. It gets uh challenging. You put a lot of miles on your car, but it's only like, yeah. you know, two or three miles at a time. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I, I actually grew up in Redlands. Um, oh, okay. But uh, when I was 16, I got sent away and didn't really come back until I was, I think like 20, 29, 28, 29. Oh. So yeah, I, I lived, uh, I went to college in upstate New York. I lived in Portland, Oregon for like seven years. I lived in New York city. I lived in Dallas, Texas. So I, I bounced okay. around in my twenties and tried to find the best place and then ended up back where I grew up. Came so, back home. Did you yeah. run in college? No, I was super unhealthy in college. I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and uh, a couple of years of college, I was like, uh, pretty overweight. Um, did not, my resting heart rate in college was like 85. So Dang. at like, you know, 20 years old. So I was really, really unhealthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was back, uh, you know, ephedra was legal back then. So I was like, oh, probably man. taking a large amount of stimulants to like stay awake and like, yeah. you know, do college. And, uh, yeah. How old are you? I'm 46. My birthday. Okay. I, just, I, I, I just turned 46 on Sunday. So it's like, now I got to start telling myself you're 46, <laughs> 45 anymore. Yeah. On yeah. the, on the downward trend of 50, right. almost, <laughs> almost dead. So nice. I mean, you know, but what a great example you are. Uh, cause that where I come from in West Texas is, is, is a, let's just say on average, I don't want to shit on them too much, but you know, I lived, I, I grew up in West Texas and, it's a rather unhealthy. There's not even sidewalks in town. So if you want to, if you want to run, you have to run on the street. Right. And, but if you want to, but if you're wearing running shorts on the street and all the cowboys and their big vehicles are coming by, that can be problematic for them. No one's running in shorts like you run in. Right. Those are, just yeah. too, those are too would, short for West Texas. I would be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely, you know, I've had some high school kids run by and in their cars and try to hit me with their doors and stuff. You know, it's yeah. It, it happens. Um, but yeah, I am lucky that I, that I live where I live. Although, you know, well, yeah. If you had a, like, I mean, you're, you're on week two Oh five, I believe of your streak of hundred miles per week. 
what woke you up? Like what from healthy, unhealthy, you know, self-proclaimed unhealthy college guy to where you are now, a 46 year old, probably with the body of a 30 something. What woke you up? So, I mean, so I went through college unhealthy. So I got, I, I mean, I was unhealthy in college, but I made an agreement with my dad that I would stay sober and he would pay for college. So okay. I, I, I was unhealthy in the sense that, you know, I smoked cigarettes and stuff like that, but I didn't do any drugs or alcohol through college. Okay. And then after college, once I was done, I was like, all right, baby, we're going to, we're going hard in the paint now and started drinking <laughs> and doing drugs after college, you know, because okay. I, I could, I, when I make yep. a commitment to someone like my dad, like I, I would do it. But then after that, I didn't have that commitment. So after college, it kept getting worse. Um, Cause now I've, you know, incorporated drinking into the mix yeah. um, and, you know, just, you know, pot and whatnot. But I guess what happened was uh, I just started feeling terrible. I started uh, getting like really depressed and anxious. And, you know, I, I was in my like early twenties, um, maybe a couple of years post-college and was having panic attacks and just feeling like, like I was going to die. And, <laughs> um, so, and, and there's like no real like information on what to do, but like, you know, I, some, someone, and I don't even remember who it was like said like, Hey, why don't you try working out? And, <laughs> um, so I, I was like, okay, I, you know, I, in my mind, I was like, okay, let's do it. And, um, went to 24 hour fitness and paid like whatever it was for like 12, um, trainer sessions, okay. got a personal, personal trainer. Cause although I had like played sports in high school and stuff, like I didn't really know what I was doing. So yeah, I was like, I'll pay someone. He can give me like a workout routine, you know, cause <laughs> where, where do you get a workout routine? Um, in the nineties, it's like, you know, you'd have to buy a book. Right. So I was like, oh, right. I don't know. so this guy, like, you know, taught me about muscle groups and told me, you know, lift this, lift that gave me a routine, had me on the elliptical trainer, um, doing cardio. And, um, I I instantly started feeling better. So, Hmm. um, amazing. Yeah. I mean, fast forward that like, uh, like several months. And then I, I was like, you know what? Like, um, I want to learn more about this. So, uh, I was in Portland, Oregon at the time. And we have in Portland, like a really good community college network where like adults can just like take community college classes. It's like super easy to sign up. So I was like, I'm going to take a class on exercise science and like learn more about this. <laughs> so I did. And in the class I had to run a mile and a half. So you had to run it like day one and then the last day of class. And, you know, obviously you, the, the idea was that you improve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the first mile and a half was terrible. I sprinted it like as hard as I could. And, um, you know, I was like two laps ahead of everybody. <laughs> uh, like, I start lap five and like my whole body shuts down. And and then by the sixth lap, like people are passing me and I limp in. And then I was so sore for like two weeks. Like I couldn't even sit on the toilet. I was just wrecked. Mm. And so I was like, well, well, A, I had to like get better at this uh, for the class. And and B, I was like, I don't ever want to be this sore again. So thinking that if I kept running, that I would never be sore like that again. Little did I know I'd be, you know running 200 mile races and you know, yeah. all this crazy stuff. But um, yeah. And it's like, ever since then, I just uh, have always incorporated running into my workouts. I, 
you know, I was, I did a lot of weightlifting for a long time. Um, and I, I'm, I've done all sorts of sports since then. So basically hmm. that was sort of like the origin was like mental health, you know, getting better and feeling better. And obviously yeah. when you do something, it makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to stop. Um, yeah. And, and I think like, you know, I mean, the anxiety and panic attacks and stuff I was feeling was like, I'm obviously wired in a way where like, I need to move. And I wasn't <laughs> my body yeah. was like, like, Hey, like you're killing yourself. And, yeah. um, yeah, once that fire inside, like started burning, it's like just gotten like more and more as time's gone by. So yeah. what would you say, or how would you speak to like 205 weeks? I mean, of, of all the obstacles, and I know that there's a bunch, one that comes to mind for me is, is simply being injury free and being able to do that, or at least bad enough injury to stop you from doing it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Moment. I mean, I get, I get slight injuries. I don't, I don't, I think like the injuries that would stop me would be like overuse injuries or, yeah, you know, things like that. But, um, Definitely had a couple big hiccups. Mostly, they're all all trauma related. I, mm. I tend to fall a lot. I don't know if it's like I fall a lot or just because I run so much. Like, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, maybe it, you fall an average amount, but you're running yeah, yeah, average like, amount. But when you yeah. like when you put how many miles I run, it's like yeah, it's, you, you should fall that many times over that many miles. But most people run like what I run in a lifetime, and I'm right. running it in like a short period of time. So, right, um, I have a lot of trauma related injuries. Um, and then also like my job's super dangerous and I have a couple mm-hmm. injuries that I got like at, at work. Like one time I was in a fire and a wall fell on me and it like messed oh, my damn. ankle up, things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think I, you know, I, I didn't think my streak would go this long. I mean, I did a 28 week streak in like 2018, 2019 and I had a really bad race and DNF'd and that ended that streak. So hmm. I just assumed and was that a hundred miles a week streak. Yeah. But it was like straight a hundred miles. Like I was only running oh. like a hundred miles a week. Whereas like now, I mean, I say a hundred mile a week streak, but I always put yeah. the like plus next to the hundred because it's like, really right. I'm running like, you know, m- mostly my weeks are like 140, 150. And I know, you know. So that's one of the things that blows my mind a little bit. Like if I, if it were me and, and clearly we're different. So I'm just saying if it were me and I'm, my goal is a hundred miles a week, I would probably stop at a hundred, right, but like even right. your, even your 200 mile week, uh, one of your videos I saw is like, I was going for 200 this week and I got 207 and I'm just thinking, why, <laughs> why, why get the extra seven? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, is that, like, just, like, is that a flex? No, it's just, I mean, I just like to run. So it's like, if it works That's out awesome. like last, last week, I, I ran jackpot 100 on Friday. Yep. Okay, so, I had, so at Friday, I was at 130 something miles. And then Saturday, I only ran, I think like five miles. I ran it with my wife. So then mm-hmm. I was like, and then, and then Sunday, I like, obviously I could have done nothing, but I went out around 15 miles. Like, yeah. because it, you know, it's just another day. Like I, I run far every day. It doesn't, the street, yeah. people think it's about the streak, but it's like really not about the streak. It's about the you, fact that you like, happen to have a streak, but I you're happen just, to have a streak, but running. I love to run. So yeah. it's like, that's why that. there's no like consistency. Like one week I'll do 120 and then it'll be 157 and then it'll be 111. And then it's like, whatever uh, I can fit in, 
Like life That's is busy and some weeks I can only do 120 and some weeks I can do 180. And, and if I could, if I didn't have a job and I didn't have a family and I didn't have kids, man, I'd, I'd be running 200 mile weeks. I really would. <laughs> um, but I have all that stuff and everything right. gets in the way. And so sure. it's, it's more or less like, how many miles can I get in in a week? That's, yeah. that's always the objective for me. Yeah. And the more, the merrier. So, yeah. um, and then there's like, you mix in like races and, you know, getting sick and things like that. Like if you right. look at weeks and it's like, I'm at like one Oh six or one Oh five, you know, that either I'm nursing <laughs> like a pulled muscle or yeah. I got a flu or, um, I'm recovering from like a 200 mile race. I mean, those yeah. are, those are the weeks like, and, and, and those weeks were very hard for me to get done, but yeah, that is like the minority of the four years is a couple of weeks like that. Hmm. So. so what at this, at this point, like I'm building up, I'll be going for my ninth hundred miler. And you know, when I, when I get it on the calendar, like I get super excited. It motivates me for a long season. Okay. Uh, and again, totally okay with us being different and maybe that's just the answer me towing that starting line of that hundred miler because of what it takes for me to get there that's that's a that's quite a moment for me like i'm super excited in the last four weeks you've got sub 24 hours on 300 milers (laughs) and you went on a jog the next day and then the next day is is what gets you really like excited butterflies in your stomach like does every race still do that for you you know what i mean I get super scared. I see. I don't get excited. I get like really scared and anxious <laughs> before races, mostly because I have DNF quite a few races and I've had like some pretty yeah. bad things happen to me. And I think the reality of a hundred mile race is one hundred miles is really far. And two, yeah. um, so many things can go wrong and they're not always in your control. So, um, that being said, like it's, it's scary. Right. Because you, you put all this energy and effort into getting to that starting line and something might happen and you might not finish, which yeah. to me is the beauty of ultra running, because yeah. if it was like guaranteed, then it, I wouldn't be interested in that. Right. I'm looking yeah. for I'm looking for experiences where even me who's run and I don't even know because I lost track, but we'll say quite a few hundred milers like and, and I and I feel like I have them. I, I understand them quite well, but like even me. I still am scared of failing um, every, every time. Um, so, and, and there's beauty in that. There's beauty in that. Like, Absolutely. You know, like I, I, I think we all should stay scared and we should all like, yes. uh, you know, respect the respect that we're doing something extremely difficult and yeah. not take it for granted, you know, like, Carl Metzer, the like whatever speed goat dude is like, oh, yeah. miles isn't that far. It's like, you know, I want to be like, dude, fuck off. How about that? How about, yeah. you yeah. know, like, that's so the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like it, <laughs> it is. Far. And, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I, I don't like that, that attitude. Cause, cause it really yeah. is. A, it's a challenging distance. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, for, for you, you know, you failed or whatever, but like, there's beauty in failure too. And and when you yeah. eventually uh, cross that finish line, it is going to feel so amazing. Yeah. Um, and you're going to, you know, have all sorts of reflection. And, and sometimes it's just getting past that like last mental hurdle 
Yes. That you've got to figure out um, to get there, but it's going to feel so like amazing. Yes. Uh, and that final, pu- it's like putting that final puzzle piece down on the, on the board and, yes. and then you're going to, you're going to be in a, in a good spot and like, it'll build confidence. And like, also, you know, you're going to have all those failures to like go back on. So when you race in the future, you're going to be like, Oh, I'm feeling like this. And mm-hmm. that led to a failure at that race. So I got to mm-hmm. make sure I don't do that again. Um, yeah. All my failures, I, I go back and I like analyze them like so intensely mm-hmm. so that I try not to do it again. Now I might do it again. Something might happen, sure. but if it happens again, Hopefully in my analysis, I have figured out a way to come up with a plan B. So, you know, if I feel nauseous, then I'm going to do this. If I'm Mm. throwing up and I can't stop throwing up, I'm going to do this. You know, if I uh, get really bad chafing and, Mm. um, you know, whatever, these are the the things I'm going to do so that I can fix the chafing. Or if I start to feel like I'm chafing, before I get to that point, I'm going to do this. All the, you know, all those things. If, if I start to like feel a little crampiness in my muscles, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. So it doesn't progress into debilitating mm-hmm. cramps. And, and these are all things I've learned through failure, through DNFing races. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've failed races from, uh, you know, cramps, chafing, stomach problems, you know, and I've also failed things through like things that I really couldn't like fix or control, like trauma, you know, like falling. I stepped in a hole once and twisted my ankle real bad. Like just things like you can't, you know, necessarily control. I mean, you, you can't control. Don't step in a hole. You know, like last year I, you know, Moab, I fell off, you know, fell backwards onto my back. Don't do that. But I mean, in general, those are things that, are less less controllable and more just yeah you know yeah. more like hey you know and that's why it's scary right that's why i'm scared yeah. every time like because yeah. certain things you are just you know i mean you're running on a trail it's dangerous you know there's no yeah. you're not running on like a nice paved trail you know so um yeah and i and i think yeah. that's just what you got to do you got to like you have all these quote unquote failures, but you hopefully learn something from each one. And then you're just going to keep building on that. And then, you know, hopefully not repeat why that happened, why this happened, you know? And, um, is there a single moment that you could recall? And again, because my, my battle is mental outside the trauma thing. We certainly, if it's trauma, that's one thing. Mine is often mental. I I had a, a, a gout and rhabdo issue. That one was like a, yeah, I needed to quit that one. Right. Other other ones, it's like gosh, I, may, I think I, maybe I could have done it. And yeah. is there a moment for you where it's like, are, are you ever like genuinely contemplating a quit outside of trauma? Like you're you're on the run. I know you said you have because of the chafing or all that, but a moment where you're genuinely contemplating it and you also decide not to. Every race I have, my body tells me to quit, and every hmm. every race I have, I struggle with this internal dialogue of wanting to quit. Like, and it's normally pain related. I'm normally in like a lot of pain for something. And I start to like go down the rabbit hole in my brain of like, am I injured? What's yes. going on? Why do I feel like this? <laughs> yes. um, but because I've done it so long that like, at this point, I'm like, I just tell my brain, like your body's fucking lying to you right now. You are this, this motherfucker uh, is lying and huh. my ankles are fine. I don't care if there's a lot of pain in my ankles right now in mm. 10 minutes that pain's going to be in my lower back 
And then it's mm. going to be in my hips. And then it's mm. going to be in my shoulder blades. And wow. you know, I just, I just work through that. And honestly, <laughs> that's what happens. It's like my ankles hurt real bad. And then it'll be my hips. Yeah. And my lower back. And wow. then it'll be my, my, you know, whatever. And it just like my body goes through this like process of like just being achy and painful. And then yes. after a while, it just all goes numb. And yeah. not numb in like the sense of like, I don't experience pain anymore. <laughs> not like but, a leper. Yeah. But the pain is like less acute in like specific regions. That, yes. Um, hmm. and, and I've never that, survived that. I've never survived that. I've never stuck around long enough, but you're right. Like the warm car ride home. Yeah. My, my ankles are fine, but in the right. moment it's yeah. like, I'm it's literally like, yeah, I mean, and I'm not a doctor or a coach or anything, but sure. from, from my scientific uh, analysis, but anecdotal is yeah, often more about my anecdotal uh, evidence is essentially that your body, uh, like your pain receptors eventually give out. Like, and, and the best way I can like ex uh, explain it is like when you get a blister it. and you're running and, yeah. and you, all you, all you can feel is that blister and it hurts yeah. so bad. And like, you know, that the blister is popped, the skin is ripped off and you just have that raw skin just rubbing yeah. against your sock and your shoe or whatever. And you're like, Oh my God, this hurts so freaking bad. Yeah. Um, and after 10 miles, you don't feel it anymore. Why is that? Because hmm. essentially the pain receptors just like, are like, okay, if you're not going to listen, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to shut the fuck up. You know That's I mean? And, and really, they really do. Like um, you kick a rock and you like, you're like, I think I broke my toe. I mean, it's yeah. so freaking bad. Like I think yeah. I can feel my toenail crack and yeah. you know, and it hurts and it hurts and it hurts. And then 10 miles later, like you wouldn't even know you kicked that rock. Like it's a weird experience yeah. to put your body through, you know, these, these races. Cause you, you do have to survive like a fair amount of like discomfort, but um, yeah. And like I said, I, I experience it every race, every race I want to quit every race. I go through this, like these low periods where I'm feeling all these weird pains and aches and all this stuff. And, mm. you know, I, I, and there's been times when I probably did quit, honestly, like younger, younger points in my career, um, where you, where you start to feel that pain and you experience it. And then you go, then, and then you start making excuses like, okay, well, my stomach's not really that great. So, mm. uh, We'll, we'll just blame it on the stomach. Well, I, you ate yes. something wrong. And then that's the reason why you DNF'd. But, you know, yeah. is it? I don't know. You're, the mind is right. like a crazy thing. You can convince yourself of anything. Was it was yes. it your stomach or was it, you know, was it the pain or, you know, what what's the rationalization? Um, yeah. And, and these are things that you'll think about after the race. When, right. you, like, when you said, like, I probably could have finished. Like, you're, you'll go down that rabbit hole in your brain and you're like, and, and maybe you'll only admit it to yourself, but you're like, uh, I think I was just, it was just a weakness and I was just being mm -hmm. weak, and, you know, and that's yes. okay. Like this, these yeah. are the things we're trying to work through. This is uh, why we're out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the beauty of it, right? We're trying to yeah. better ourselves. We're trying to like make ourselves a better, like a better person. So yeah. uh, in, in doing that, it's not a, a clean process. It's messy and, you know, you're going to have to, you know, break some eggs to make that omelet. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, a couple, a couple questions as we, as we wind down here, I, I am curious when you're feeling particularly nostalgic, what belt buckle do you put on? You know <laughs> what I mean? 
Is there a particular belt buckle that you like? Oh, I need I need to wear this one today. So it's funny. I don't even own a belt, but um, my favorite <laughs> belt buckle is um, I, I is my first one, which is uh, Angela's Crest. Um, oh, nice. Which, what uh, year? What year did I run it? That is a good question. Maybe 2016. Okay. Um, and my wife just told me. See, see, she knows my race schedule better than me. <laughs> and um, so Angela's Crest, super hard race. And if you do sub 24, they give you a solid silver belt buckle. Okay. And not too many people have accomplished that task because it's a it's a fairly challenging mountain race. And I trained yes, really, really, really hard for that. Um, nice. 2345. So I got sub 24 and I think I got like 13th place, but, um, dang for, for your yeah. first one. And that, that's, yeah. That's well, you know, it was, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was like a goal that I had for a long time and I yeah. didn't just jump straight into the hundred mile distance. I did all the, like, um, did a lot of 50 Ks, a lot of 50 milers, a lot of 100 Ks before. I really wanted to make sure my first 100 was like perfect yeah. in the sense yeah. that uh, I put everything into it. Yeah. Uh, and I still had a disastrous day at points, but I was really able to hit it hard. And um, yeah, so that one is, is always the most special. Plus, That's cool. um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's one of those one of those moments in my life where I worked so hard for it and, um, and it worked out. So, you know, that's awesome. I like that feeling of, of knowing that I put everything into it and yes. you know, it was successful. So, yeah. Okay. Next question. What about those bone conducting earphones that you wear? Do you recommend them? And what are you listening to? Uh, I mean, so I don't necessarily ever recommend any gear, but I will tell you that I love them. They're yeah. beyond my GPS watch. They're my favorite piece of tech that I've ever used. Yeah. Um, mostly because I hate having things in my ears. Mm. I, I, I hate the idea like back in the day, um, you know, cause I've been running for so long. Like, you know, I've always had to use headphones in my ears and like the sweat builds up yeah. in there. And then you get like that weird yeah. ear infection thing, or like you take your headphone yeah. out and, sweat, and I just, I hate it. So, um, they're not like, you know, it's not like listening to like Bose speakers. So if you're an audiophile, I wouldn't say yeah. like, you're going to put those on and be like, Oh my God, the sound is so crisp. <laughs> like, you know, your ears still work. So the, the, the advantage is like, you can listen to music and have a conversation. You can yeah, listen so to that. Music. You do feel connected to the outside world with those. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't lose connection to the outside world. So cars, mm -hmm mountain lions, bears, whatever. Yes, that's you're, what, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. You're still, I mean, you can hear a rattlesnake. Um, so all those things are good. They have amazing battery life. Like if, if you oh. have, like I normally, you know, run them at about 50%, uh, mm -hmm. like sound and like, I'll get them to last nine to 11 hours during a race. So, I mean, that's Dang. quite nice as well. Um, yeah, I, I love them. I, you know, I don't recommend gear, but like, you know, I, I think they're great. They're, they don't work in loud environments though. So if you go into a gym, if you go into an airplane, they're not going to work because your ears are more powerful than your bones. So yeah, you know, just sure. realize they have a, they have a purpose and that purpose is essentially running, but don't think yeah. that like you're going to go into an, a noisy gym and they're going to work the same. Oh, that's good to know. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll end with a compliment. You you already know that you're an inspiration, but I will say one of the most inspiring things about you is your ability to grow a handlebar mustache. <laughs> I would give anything when, when, when that thing shows up, I'm always so stoked. 
because my I don't connect I don't connect very well right here, so I can never have a handlebar. So, yeah, well, I don't either, really, but I just keep Jeep going, and it just kind of grows over. But yeah, my wife hates that every <laughs> year. But you know, we have this <laughs> we have a mustache growing competition at work, and I'm like, oh, nice. You know, so I I always do it like once a year, and yeah, it's they're get, it's getting wider and wider as I get older, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, man. I'm getting that too as a 41 yeah. year old. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's rough. And I, and it's weird too, because I grow like a red beard. So it's like, <laughs> I like brown eyebrows and like brown hair. And then like, I grow this red handlebar mustache, which is just, you know, always, a, always a bit bizarre, but you know, every year my wife's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do Not it. Not this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I love it for what it's worth. <laughs> all right. Good. Good. One vote for the mustache. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, I, I appreciate your time. And, and all joking aside, you're, you are definitely ins- an inspiration to me and to a lot of people. And so it's fun to talk to you and, and hear some words of wisdom for my next attempt. But uh, I really, I really appreciate it. The Zion 100 Miler on April okay. 13th. That's a good one. Yeah. I, my, I, I know a lot of people have done that as their first one. That so was I- my first attempt. And I DNF'd. And then I went back and I finished once. Okay. And so I'm going back to, you know. Yeah. To get, see if I can get it again. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So we'll see. That is a beautiful area. I know. know. It's my favorite. I love that desert. Run. I've never done any of the Aravipa stuff and I know they're great race directors. Someday I'll make it down there. I see you, see you there a lot on, on social media, but yeah, for my money, I, I love those Southern Utah races. I'm in Salt Lake city. So it's just a quick, it's a relatively quick drive. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Utah is just, just stunning. All the races I've ever done there. I'm like, is this real yeah. life? And yeah. <laughs> it is. I take. I definitely take it for granted. Yeah. Well, you probably don't. But when you go other places, you're like, I live in a really beautiful spot. Yeah, I live in the best. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a good dinner run and a good evening with your family and, and all that you have planned. So, thank you. Yeah, man. Take care. All right. See you. Welcome to the Borderlands.